RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to the Lawfather Podcast. As always, we are here in Lawfather Studios, right here in Lawfather Headquarters. Welcome all those on TikTok Live. And big shout out and thank you to Radio Influence for always putting together a great show for us. So make sure you check out all the other shows on Radio Influence, especially those that are done by actual radio people and not uh, just an attorney who plays a radio person on TV or on your phone. Anyway... So uh, if you want to check out the video also and you don't want to be on TikTok Live, go ahead and check us out on YouTube. Uh, these are all, all the shows are put up on YouTube. So, you know, what I want to talk about today is the one of the bigger topics in the news. We got a, a couple of big topics coming up in uh, some of the next uh, few shows. But, you know, one of the biggest things right now is the Uvalde school shooting. And a lot of that has come up uh, with gun control and you know, the whole political side of it and everything else. But, you know, I can tell you I have a, a little bit of a unique aspect in terms of these uh, these um, active shooter situations. Uh, having worked for two different sheriff's offices over a span of six years, three years at one, three years at the other, just kind of worked out kind of, kind of perfectly that way that I did three and three. But, um, you know, I had a really unique opportunity. So I was with the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office and – I can tell you we had, uh, I'll start with this, okay? I, I loved my time at both sheriff's offices, so I don't want anybody to think that anything that I'm about to talk about is, you know, me knocking one versus the other, okay? It's not, but two different departments, two different training systems, and it kind of highlights what's going on here and, and what's happening with some of these active shooter situations and how law enforcement handles it. So, Big thing, right? Big difference between the two. And like I said, I, I loved working as a deputy. Okay, if it wasn't for getting hurt, I'd uh, probably still be working at uh, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. And um, that I went to law school. I was working for uh, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. I would work midnights, get up, and go to classes in the morning. Right? Loved it there. Thought I would never leave. Thought I'd end up in their general counsel's office. Okay, so nothing that I'm about to say is meant to be negative towards them whatsoever. But the training that I received at Pinellas County Sheriff's Office was amazing. Probably one of the best training staffs in the entire country. Now, this would have been, I started in 06, left there in 09. Okay, so really the only, ma the only major school shooting at that time was the Columbine shooting. Okay, that was really all anybody had to go with. And that was when they started developing training for these active shooter situations. That's all they had. They said, okay, here's what happened in Columbine. Here's what was done right, which they determined not a whole lot was done right, but here's what was done wrong. But it was tough to say, hey, they did it wrong because no one had a playbook for it before. No one had a playbook for that situation. So you tried to take and go, what do we normally do in a situation like this? And at that time, what you would do is you would call in SWAT. And SWAT would be the ones, or, you know, if you have a different name for it, but basically a tactical unit, okay? You would call in your tactical unit. Uh, they'd have all the toys and all the, the equipment and everything else, and they would be the ones. The problem with that, and, and I believe, and look, I was pretty young when Columbine happened, okay? But you, you don't have the luxury of time, right? When those things happen, you don't have an hour to wait. Look, I've been on calls 
that we had to call SWAT out for, right? A, a really easy example of it, what we call a barricaded suspect, right? Barricaded armed suspect. Playbook says you call in SWAT, okay? That's it. Beginning, middle, and end. You're not going in. You're not doing anything else because you don't know when that guy's going to start shooting at you. Okay, and I've been on calls where we've called in SWAT before, right? And it's not because we didn't want to go in there. It's because that's what the policies and procedures say to do. That's what your training says to do. So you follow it, right? So I really had this really unique, and, and I truly mean that. It was really unique that in Pinellas County, we did active shooter training. And this is what it looked like, right? This is, and and these are really, really bad situations, right? But training is is kind of cool in a sense right uh, and look you have to kind of switch your thought process on it you're training for something bad okay but look you if you don't enjoy what you're doing right you're doing something wrong so i thoroughly enjoyed training i, I thoroughly like i said I, I thoroughly enjoyed working in law enforcement but i really enjoyed the training days and this was no different there was a, a building a high rise in downtown st pete and you know, i know jason does a lot in downtown st pete and Man, in, in 06, 07, downtown St. Pete did not look like it does today. There was actually a building, and, and if you can believe this, there was a building that had an entire vacant floor in downtown St. Pete. I'm not sure today you could find a building with an entire vacant floor in downtown St. Pete. Like vacant to the point where all the carpeting and all the flooring had been pulled up, and it was just a concrete floor, and it was an old office, so there were rooms, right? And... What the sheriff's office did, and this was, this was what was really cool about it, they took those rooms and they had them set up as classrooms. So you came off the elevator and you would go in, so you'd come off the elevator and they had it set up like a school, right? So your front doors, if you've ever been in a high rise, normally you come off the elevator and there's essentially like an entryway door, just like you would have going from the outside to inside, but you're inside because it's a high rise, right? So you come up the elevator, and so you'd have these entry doors. So we would actually start right from these entry doors and go. And you would literally be as if you're walking into a school, right? And that was the training that, that they put us through. And here was the thing, right? Law enforcement, hey, serve and protect and help people, right? If someone's on the ground and they're hurt, you go, you go give them aid, you render aid, you, you do what you need to do to help that person. You, you know what they taught us? Which it was kind of amazing because you had to really switch the mental gears on it. You said, I have to walk over that person. Your job at that time isn't to go help that person that's on the ground because there's an active shooter in the building, right? And, and that was the thing. You actually had to just, and they had people, they actually had, People that were involved in the training, they'd be laid out on the ground as if, uh, you know, they had been shot and were hurt or dead or whatever else. And you had to walk over them to get to where you heard shots coming from. And they trained us in that. And, and look, here was the scenario. It was this. If you could get three people, you got three people. It didn't matter what your role was at the sheriff's office. And by role, I mean, assuming that you were in law enforcement, right? That you weren't uh, a civilian employee, right? So, um as long as you were law enforcement, first three people got there, you get together and you go in the building and you do what you need to do to what they would say, stop the threat. Okay. That's how it works. Okay. Now look, training was simple, right? Because look, the people on the ground, you know, they're fine. The shots that you hear, 
they're just sim rounds, right? And sim rounds were cool in a sense because they sounded like real bullets, right? Or not real bullets, but they sounded like real rounds. So um, just like a gun goes bang and you hear bang, well, these would go bang as well. A little, not quite as loud, but they would go bang and, and they were actually shot out of real guns, right? And, uh, you know, as, as somebody on TikTok says, eliminate the threat. Yeah, that's, that's your entire goal, right? You go in, you're trained that you go eliminate the threat, okay? And look, I, I went through this training, what, in 2007, 2006, 2007, somewhere around that time frame. We're in 2022. I remember it vividly, right? I, I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever, okay, if I was still in law, law enforcement today, if I went and re-signed up tomorrow and started working there tomorrow and something happened tomorrow, that I would be able to perform at that same level, that I would remember everything enough to be able to go in and do everything that I was trained to do all those years ago, okay? That said, I then went to Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Guess what we did not have there, okay? We didn't have active shooter training, right? Or at least in that same sense, right? So I went from this, hey, this is how you handle this, to, hey, this we don't do this over here, right? So if something happens in one of our schools, well, I'm already predisposed to this is what we're doing, right? And most likely, probably going to do the same thing, right? If it, if something happened in Hillsborough County, I'd probably go, hey, let's do it. You, 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 come on, let's go. Let's go in, right? And that would have been that because that's that's what the training was. But let's look at Uvalde for a second. And, and I'll admit I have not taken a huge deep dive look into it, okay? Um and I know I've mentioned it before. I, I, I just, I try to avoid deep dives into uh, some of the more horrific things that have happened. Um, it just, it helps me get through my day-to-day life. Okay. So I, I know the basics and um, I know some of the, some of the things seem to be the radio communications. Okay. And look, Uvalde, I believe is, uh, is somewhat close to the border because there's a big border patrol town. There's a big border patrol presence. So that would tell me it's probably close to the Texas border, right? And, and I only bring that up because now you have a federal agency and supposedly there were a lot of lot of uh, border patrol officers who had arrived on scene, right? And you had the Uvalde police. And I, I believe there may have been a third agency there, okay? But you know what happens when you have all these agencies? And, and, and we saw this firsthand in Pinellas County, right? So I, I mentioned all the great training that we had in Pinellas County. But here was an issue that, that really came up for us in, in the way Pinellas County is situated. Most of that county is actually cities, right? There are just these small pockets of county areas now. Right. So you have St. Pete, you have Largo, you have Clearwater and you have some places like Clearwater, Largo Road, where you have Clearwater on one side, Largo on the other side, a pocket of of unincorporated county area. Then another pocket of Largo. Or if you look at Olmerton Road, you have Clearwater. And somehow I Jason, maybe you can figure this out. Somehow some parts of Olmerton Road are St. Pete. (laughs) Yeah. Up by um, Matt Geiger's restaurant is uh, is City of St. Pete. I, I don't know, right? Somehow or another, you have all these little pockets. Well, the challenge that it creates is, and, and, and I'm, I'm, it's been some time. I, I believe the it's still set up this way. St. Pete Police have, has their own radio set up. The Sheriff's Office has their own radio set up. Clearwater has their own radio set up. Largo has their own, right? 
Look, I, I remember having a time I was in Southside St. Pete doing a warrant, right? And my supervisor goes, hey, do you mind just going by yourself because uh, and, and grabbing a St. Pete officer? Because, you know, these guys are hardly ever home anytime we get a call that says that somebody with a warrant is there. And I go, sure, no problem. Well, um, yeah, it was the one time somebody was actually there um, and that somebody did not really want to go willingly. And at the time, St. Pete really didn't use force at all. Um, the sheriff's office was the complete opposite in terms of uh, the ability to use force. And, uh, and he ran and he ran into a house and up into an attic. And then I ended up getting into a fight with somebody who lived in the house um, well, because he pushed me. OK, and then. Then we fought because, hey, you push a deputy, you're going to jail, especially in Pinellas County. And the problem was I couldn't, he couldn't get, I couldn't get to him via radio. And therefore we couldn't get back up efficiently, right? Because I had to go through my radio to go through my dispatch. My dispatch had to call St. Pete dispatch. St. Pete dispatch had to then dispatch their other officers to come and help us. And I actually still have the, the radio traffic on this. And it was, my God, it was crazy. Um, but through all of that, and, and look, we're talking about a much smaller situation, right? We're talking about just a situation where I need more people to come and I need people to help, right? And we got to go through all of these channels. Well, here was the problem. We had, and, and they all, everybody uses signals and 10 codes. What I used for a signal and a 10 code for Pinellas County Sheriff's Office said that I needed backup and I needed to come, them to come with lights and sirens, meaning that it was bad, but it wasn't the worst situation ever in the history of situations, okay? Well, by the time the radio traffic went from me to Pinellas County Dispatch, to St. Pete Dispatch, out to their officers, it turned into a the 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 signal and code for being the absolute worst possible situation you could possibly be in, okay? And it was just simply a matter of the nomenclature that we used at Pinellas County Sheriff's Office was different from the nomenclature that St. Pete Police used, okay? So I tell you all of that to bring it all the way back around to you have all these different agencies, maybe. And look, I don't, I don't know what happened there. I wasn't there. And I'm not going to pretend to jump into all the conspiracy theories and whether or not these guys did their job or didn't do their job or anything else, okay? But all I want to do is bring up thinking points, things to consider, okay? You have all these different agencies. They're probably on different radios, right? I would guarantee you that the feds and the local cops are not on the same radios, Okay. And you're just in this situation where it's really difficult to relay information back and forth. And sometimes that information gets skewed. Okay. Um, now look, it, it sounds like there may have been some missteps in that. Um, but you know, I don't be quick to rush to judgment. Okay. I, I, I mean that. And, and you know, here's, here's some of the things that I've seen, right. I, I've seen that the, guy who actually shot the shooter was uh, a border patrol agent who was off duty. That's about the only common thread that I've seen in any of the stories, but I've heard that he was doing like four different things and dropped everything and ran over to go run into the school. Okay. Not saying it didn't happen, but it makes it questionable when there's four different ways he got from, or four different places he started. One of them, he was at a barbershop. One of them, he was just driving around. Uh, and I forget what the other couple that I saw was. Okay. 
Just just keep that in mind. All right. Also keep in mind, Uvalde, I believe, and Jason, you may know, it's a small town, right? Okay. Look, Pinellas County, big county, rich county, decent money for the sheriff's office type county. Okay. Uvalde, small town, probably not a big tax base, probably not a lot of money in the budget for a lot of different things. Probably not a big training section. Okay. So can we rush to judgment and go, hey, all you officers in Uvalde, Texas, you all screwed up. You all screwed up in a situation that you never thought you'd have to be in, that you were never trained for, and you didn't know what to do. How dare you? I can't buy into that. I just can't, right? I, I really, truly can't. Because what do you do? What, do? what are you trained to do when you come up to those situations that you've never been trained in? You try to find the, the most similar training that you've had. And look, the reality is in Uvalde, my guess, I've never been there, okay? I've never been through their training. Okay, if anybody in Uvalde that's listening um, works in the training section at uh, uh, at their police department, okay? And look, they may, they may even be so small that they don't have a true quote-unquote training section. I mean, we had, in both departments, we had probably had 10 guys full-time assigned to training. That's it. That was their job. Beginning, middle, and end. That's, that's what they did, okay? So... You know, like I said, if, if there's anybody listening who is in Uvalde and familiar with the police department and wants to discuss with me, I'd love to hear what the training is like there. But my guess and my thought is there's no training in that sense. My, it is probably the what is the state standard for the physical test and what is the state standard for firearms testing? And that's probably it. OK, look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. OK, maybe I am. I probably am. I probably should be saying there's something wrong with that. So I am going to say there's something wrong with that. Okay. Look, we need to figure out some way to get additional funding. Maybe, just throw this out there. Maybe this is the voice of reason or maybe this is craziness. Okay. And there's a, there's a stark separation between the federal government and state governments, federal law, law enforcement and state law enforcement. But maybe... Just maybe the heads of the federal law enforcement agencies can come together and come up with a training program. And maybe, maybe we can come up with some federal budget money to implement that federal training program amongst all departments, all local police departments in the United States. I think it's doable. I think we could do it. Okay. So I challenge you. Reach out to me. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Reach out to me. Reach out to your legislatures. Maybe we can make this happen. Look, we've, and this is probably, uh, Jason knows, I, I don't really dive into politics here, but I'm going to for half a second. We've sent a ton of money to Ukraine. We've sent a ton, a ton, ton of money to help protect Ukraine. And I get it on some levels. I absolutely do. Okay. Um, there is a trickle-down effect, okay? And I'm not going to get into that. That's, God, that's a whole whole, uh, whole other show topic, I suppose. But if we have money that we can, we can put out there like that, maybe we can put something together to train all the law enforcement agencies in, uh, in the entire country on active shooter situations. Heck, 
maybe even Pinellas County Sheriff's Office can uh, be the ones to help put together what that looks like because I truly believe if you try to have an active shooter situation in Pinellas County, it's going to be over quickly. Okay. I And look, the, the unfortunate reality is I don't think you're ever going to have an active shooter situation where you're going to have zero casualties. I just don't. There's there's no possible way, right, to get people there fast enough. All right. Yes, you can have um, uh, school resource officers on campus, but even then, you have to get from point A to point B. All right. So I know a little sobering topic today, but I truly mean it. Maybe maybe we can figure a way out together to get with uh, the powers that be on the federal side to get some funding put together to train local law enforcement. Because the reality is, without training, you're, you're never you're going to have these situations over and over where people are pointing the fingers, just like at Uvalde, that they messed up. Let's give everybody the tools to not mess up. Deep topics today on the Lawfather podcast. As mentioned by DJ Eakin, LFS, Lawfather Studios, Lawfather out.